one of the most talked about new books around is one that almost didn't get published. It's been compared to Cormac McCarthy's The Road, which if you've read, you'll know the very dark book. One critic says this one squeezes more life out of the first 100 pages than, than any other book he's read, which is pretty amazing considering that this is a book about death. And it's a wonder it was ever printed. The author tried begging and even bribery to the tune of $10,000 towards the cost, but his editor wouldn't have a bar of it. He wouldn't even read it. Yet the book's real and it's in my hand. And these are some of the things being said about it around the world. It is such a tender, heartbreaking, breathtaking, horrifying and insanely compelling read that when I finished it, I went straight back to the beginning and round again. I implore anyone with functioning eyes to read this book. A wonderful first novel, absolutely unforgettable. A book of rare power. It contains not a single wrong note and it makes most other modern fiction seem anemic and insubstantial by comparison. Very strong praise for a first novel. It seems such an extreme as well from one situation. It couldn't get looked at to praise like that. David Van, what is the story of getting this book published? Well, thank you for such generous comments on the book. I really appreciate it. That's a great intro. Um, I worked on it for 10 years, and then for the next 12 years, no agent would send it out. Um, And so I actually went to sea and became a captain uh, because I couldn't get a teaching job because I didn't have a book published. So it it changed my life quite a bit, not being able to get it published. And I went through three agents, and, and none of them would send it out. And so finally, I sent it to a writing contest. Uh, a national contest in the U.S., the Grace Paley Prize, uh, where it would be read blind and without any concern about whether it would be marketable. And uh, so it won the prize, and part of the condition of the prize was that uh, participating press had to publish it. So it was actually published without any agent or editor ever agreeing to publish it. And how um, slightly disconcerting, I would imagine, having your editor just completely refuse to read it. Why was that? Was it because of, of the subject matter? Yeah, because it has suicide in the title and because it's a, it's a little bit of a strange form. It has a, a short novel in it, which is most of the book, but then it's framed by a couple of stories on either side. And that's because, as you mentioned in your intro, uh, no one in my family uh, could agree on sort of who he was and what happened and what it meant. We all had different versions of the story. And so there was no one true story for me to tell or even to transform into fiction. It didn't, it didn't seem like it, it could be told as one story. So I ended up borrowing something from uh, Chaucer. I've been reading a lot of Chaucer. He has a, a piece called The Legend of Good Women, and legend means a series of portraits. So I ended up writing a series of portraits of my father and his suicide. And together, those seemed to me to tell, come closer to telling the truth than if I had tried for just uh, one story. Did you ever think about changing the title? Um, I did actually. Um, in Suquan Island, in uh, the the no- the main novel in the in the book is called Suquan Island, and in France, it's published on its own as a novel, just Suquan Island. And so that's of course where it's doing best. It doesn't have suicide in the title, and it's sold like sixty thousand copies. And, and, and they're expecting a glorious panoramic <laughs> right, view of <laughs> right, right. They expect to have a beautiful island in Alaska. Oh, and uh, I think there's some resistance to picking up something that has suicide in the title. Uh, but this is the this is the full and and kind of true and and complete. Um, version of it. I, I mean, I think this is the best way to publish it is is as as uh, as a whole as Legend of a Suicide. Um, but yeah, I wish I wish uh, there wasn't so much uh, uh, shame around suicide as an issue generally. 
Um, it's something that people uh, generally don't want to talk about. And for three years after my father's suicide, I told everyone he had died of cancer. So I certainly felt that myself. I didn't want to talk about suicide either, and I wouldn't have picked up a book that said suicide on the cover. But it, it the book is actually... Um, by working on it for 10 years, it's actually much more distanced emotionally and removed. And it works mostly through describing the landscape in Alaska and what Alaska was like. And so it's it's not that you get hit with awful psychological, emotional stuff on page one in the story. It's not what people might fear. It, it's actually mostly about Alaska, the place where I spent my early childhood. And there's a, a, a great deal of love in the book between the parents whose, whose marriage had ended and between this new stepmother and the boy and between the boy and his father. And it, it, was that your experience of family before this event? Well, what, what amazes me is that it's been 30 years now since my father's suicide, and all the kind of awful feelings that around that fell away over time. So the guilt, shame, denial, rage, all those things fell away. But what remains is still a sense of love for him and just missing him. And and I'm really happy that that remains. I, I hadn't expected that that would be the case. I thought that that too would, would fade away and, and die over time. But I think that parents are just so important for us that I still, at times if I get surprised into thinking about him or if I'm reading through a, a part of the book or, or doing an interview, sometimes I end up thinking about him in some way. And, and I still have that powerful feeling of love for him like I had when I was 13. And and that hasn't gone away. And I, I think that's wonderful. I'm, I'm really happy that that hasn't gone away. There was something redemptive about writing fiction about the event, that I could take this ugly event from the past and transform it into something else. And there's also a way in which the father comes to life in the book uh, that that I, I really, it feels like a gift, uh, like a wonderful surprise that I didn't see coming. Because I, I, we were talking, if you just joined us, to David Van, he's the author of Legend of a, of a Suicide. I guess that's one of the legacies of, of suicide, and you would be able to, um, to have tell me this better, I guess, is that it overshadows everything else about that life and everything that you see is through that, that prism. So it, it must be quite a, a release to be able to um, acknowledge that and talk about it and then be able to, to celebrate the other parts of that relationship. Yeah, exactly. Well said. It, it's it's wonderful to remember other things about him and, and about... He was a wonderful father. He was very... Uh, generous to us and spent all of his free time with us and for us being me and my sister and let us know that he loved us and and he he was a terrible husband but he was a great father and and it's nice over time to be able to remember those other moments and and not have it all be overshadowed just by the event of his suicide and such an interesting um uh, consideration of the, the the value and the reality of truth uh, as well and you you talk about how you um how the truth was different for so many people in your family, but it, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, and partly that was because we were all driven by our our individual guilt. Um, my father asked me to spend a year in Alaska with him, uh, which would have been eighth grade when I was 13 years old, and I said no because uh, I was afraid in some ways to go up there and, and didn't want to leave my mom and sister and what I had going where I, I lived in California. And um, two weeks later, he killed himself. And so I, I really felt so guilty about that and wondered if I had said yes to spending a year with him, would he still be alive? And so the the novel that's most of the book is the boy saying yes, the father and son go homesteading for a year in southeast Alaska, which is something we never did, but that I, I'd wanted to do with him. And um, 
and so that's that's why we each had a different version of the stories because our, our versions were twisted by our own particular sense of guilt and 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 shame and what our particular experience was with him. So we couldn't get any of our stories to match up. It was just bizarre hearing someone else in the family talk about him. You think, God, they're talking about a completely different person. And there's, um, I, I guess, even uh, in real life, those sort of um, those kind of truths are just such a reality. And and in Legend of a Suicide, even amid pain, and I think, um, well, perhaps especially amid pain, there's such humour through it as as well. And I mean, nothing's ever one dimensional, is it? I mean, it might be black humour, mm-hmm. but it's very present. Is that mm-hmm. was that your experience? It's very hard in this book to tell how much is your experience and how much is the novel. Well, most of what's in the book is fictional and has been transformed. That that entire uh, short novel, uh, Suquan Island, is uh, the year of homesteading with the father and son, which we didn't do. And so none of those events actually happened. And I've actually never been to Suquan Island uh, because I wanted it to be a landscape of imagination. So it's only 50 miles away from Ketchikan, where I grew up, the place that I know really well, that's still mythic for me in my imagination because it's where I spent my early childhood. I was running around the rainforest and imagining I was chased by wolves and bears and we caught these enormous fish. And it's just this magical place for me that, that I know well and can write about. But I displaced it about 50 miles to an island I've never actually seen so that it would have the same rainforest and the same creatures, but it would be uh, uh, the the contours of that landscape would conform to the story instead of just conforming to what's actually there. Um, so that's the, the, the kind of changes that, that happened in the writing. I think those are the parts of your writing, just from uh, looking around and reading different reviews of it, that uh, people have compared to Hemingway, which is quite a compliment. <laughs> well, of course, everyone would love to be compared to Hemingway. Yeah. It's a uh, I'm, of course, you know, not as good as any of those writers they compare me wow. to. But it's, uh, but it's lovely <laughs> to it. be compared. Um, you know, Cormac McCarthy, for instance, I mean, I just think he's, he's the best writer. He's my favorite writer. And, and it's wonderful to be compared to him in any way. But, of course, he's an aspirational writer. He's far away and someone I try to reach toward and, and won't ever reach. Um, I think Blood Meridian is just such a, a magnificent novel. And what he does with description of landscape there is, is incredible. Um, but there are things I can learn from it. I mean, I can see how that he extends the description of a physical landscape into a figurative landscape, how he gets to theme and what a piece is about and the interior lives of the characters indirectly through describing that exterior landscape. And and that's something I can use. And that's something that also was true in my real life. My family was a hunting and fishing family. And we'd go hunting on this ranch every fall and revisit um, all the places as we hiked along and tell the stories of who had been there. So I saw how story was the same as place, really, that the stories are always in landscape in a particular place and they belong to them. And so as we'd hike around, we'd tell what had happened and who had been there. Our whole family history was, was there. So I think that each writer is a is a blend, really, of their experiences and then who the, who's whoever works they um they've they've read and loved and ingested so i i've i've loved reading cormac mccarthy and and uh faulkner and hemingway and marilyn robinson and elizabeth bishop and Mar- um uh annie prue and others so uh so i i try to pick up aspects of what they do um but then it, it's also shaped by what my experience was we're talking to David Van, who's the author of Legend of a Suicide. A caller to the program says that after her mother killed herself, as she'd threatened and, and tried to do for many years, it freed the family to enjoy her as a person and all the fear was gone. The worst had happened and they were able for hmm. almost the first time to talk about her without worry and those memories and anecdotes shared were the happy ones. And, and in this book, 
you um, mm. it concludes with real peace for you as well. How how does that happen? I, I think it just takes some time, and um, it sounds like uh, for your caller there that that there's a nice communication going on in the family too that that helps that happen. Um, but I love that comment about the kind of relief uh, from all of that. Um, there was a a woman, a bookseller in France, who came up to me in Paris when I was giving a reading and said she had been always afraid that her mother would kill herself and that reading the novella in here uh, freed her from that where she felt like, well, uh, she finally felt that, well, if my mother does it, she does it. It's up to her and stopped worrying about it anymore. I just thought that was kind of amazing. I've never been able to find that kind of change in emotional clarity so suddenly in my life before. Uh, But but I I, I think that that's wonderful that that, uh, we can remember who someone was uh, aside from their suffering that that led to that suicide, and I think it's important for survivors of suicide to to realize also that they weren't responsible. We all feel guilty in our various ways, but finally, it was the choice of the person who did it. Yeah, I, th- I think that is um, that in itself is a, a, an enormous release if you can actually really uh, really process that truth. David Van, thank you very much for talking to us on Afternoons. It is an immense book, Legend of a Suicide. Thank you. I really appreciate it.